This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the MarTech Podcast, hosted by Ben Shapiro and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. With episodes you can listen to in under 30 minutes, the MarTech Podcast shares stories from world-class marketers who use technology to generate growth and achieve business and career success, all on your lunch break. And if you dig around, you might just find a show by yours truly. Ben's a great host. Actually, I would tell you, check out a recent show on blending humans, AI, and automation. Download the MarTech podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance, and my guest today is Trisha Shortino. She is the CEO and board member at Belay, co-host of the One Next Step podcast and author of Rise Up and Lead Well, How Leveraging an Assistant Will Change Your Life and Maximize Your Time. So we're going to talk about virtual assistants and remote workers and part-time staff and all those good things. So Trisha, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You bet. So, so tell me what, give me, I always like to ask entrepreneurs, what got you here? What have you done in your entrepreneurial journey that led you to starting the lake? Wow. That's a really big question to start off with, John. <laughs> well, yeah, no, don't go back to second point. Well, back in, in between. Yeah. You know, it was a journey of, you know, I, I like to say happenstance almost in that when I graduated college, I got my degree in business and marketing. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with myself. And I, I first was a mom and then I stumbled upon organically and accidentally, if you will, you know, kind of just took a first job out there quickly rose through the ranks and realized leading people and leading an organization actually, I thrived in it. I loved it. I enjoyed it. And so when I came to Belay back in 2010, when it was started, my journey started with me as a virtual assistant here at the organization, and then just continued to look to hone my skills, really just wanted to lead people and lead teams and lead organizational excellence and operational excellence. And so that has just afforded me the opportunity to just year by year advance my career to land me at the CEO position that I get, you know, really honored to sit in that seat today. You know, it's interesting. Leadership is actually one of the toughest things for a lot of CEOs. I mean, they, you know, especially founders of companies, you know, they knew how to do the thing. They did, had the vision for it. And leadership actually is something that they quite often have to learn. You feel like that, that your training maybe was in that and maybe your gift was in that has actually allowed you to excel in the position? Yeah, you know what? I, I would. I, I think, you know, at a very early age, you know, in my young 20-year-old, my young 20-year-old self had a lot of great leadership mentors who believed in me and taught me and mentored me to be a great leader. When it was small and almost when it was quiet and nobody was really paying attention, I was invested in and I really got kind of the bug for leadership. So I think I've invested in my professional development since then. And I've had people who've helped me along the way. So I feel like I'm first a leader more than I am anything else. Let's talk, as I promised, about, you know, virtual assistance, remote work. I've actually 
you know, I've been working virtually. I've done, you know, my team has been distributed for 10, 15 years. So it's really something that's been around for a while, but I, I think it one point it was almost thought of as like, oh yeah, certain kinds of businesses did that. But really very mainstream today, the teams are being built with remote and, and even part-time and virtual staffs, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, same as when we started Belay 12 years ago, working remotely was not all too common. And really the thinking was there was only certain types of companies or industries or people that could even consider remote work. And I think, you know, the blessing and the curse out of 2020 is that a lot of, of industries and people who never considered that there were things that they could do remotely, they didn't have a choice but to do them remotely. And so now today is, is a new day and age where the remote work opportunities are endless. They're boundless. There's so many, we've seen so many organizations, big organizations, you know, the Bank of Americas and, and those types of organizations really saying, we're not going back in office. Remote work is here to stay. And so it's been really interesting and very cool journey to watch that evolve over the last two years, even though some of us have known it's possible. It's been possible for many more years than that. Yeah, I mean, I think to go right along with that, <clears throat> the idea that we have to be in a physical space, an office together, you know, that I think a lot of companies for a decade or so have let that go, but a lot of hung on to it and certainly accelerated that idea that remote work can be done without us looking over people's shoulders. And yeah. And you think about, you know, you think about some of the traditional roles, like think of the role of a, you know, a, a traveling salesman or somebody who's on the road selling. And let's be honest, that person who's been doing that, I mean, you're selling copiers back in, you know, the nineties, you were not in an office. You were on the road, you were out and about, right? So it has existed, just not in a way that anybody thought about it would exist yeah, today. That was my bonus. That was my yeah. bonus career. And I think a lot to me seeing how he, you know, he did what he wanted. He had his own hours. He was able to come and go. I mean, he worked very hard, you know, traveled a lot. You know, it, it seemed like a really nice lifestyle to me. And I think it probably had some uh, subconscious uh, impact on, on me choosing the career. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, so if somebody came to you and said, all right, we're thinking about, maybe, you know, we don't want to hire staff full time and bring them in. You know, what are some of the key roles that you're just like, hey, no business should be doing this, you know, with a staff member, they should outsource this. Or are there certain roles that you gravitate towards or that you just think have become obsolete to have a, a dedicated person doing in an organization? Yeah, well, and we've kind of done it with more than maybe most people are comfortable with. But some of the standouts are, are truly the ones that we wound up offering as an organization because we knew they were no-brainers. You know, first and foremost is the virtual assistant. I mean, it's it's what we're known for that, you know, every executive or leader could have, should have somebody working fractionally part-time, even if it's 10 hours a week, 45 hours a month or whatever that looks like supporting you as an executive or a leader, personally or professionally, and, and that person doesn't need to be in the same space as you. So that that one is the easy one. And then you think of things like bookkeeping, right? Everybody needs their books done. Everybody needs their accounts reconciled. Everybody needs your transaction details and your expense reporting taken care of. But do you need your bookkeeper or your uh, in your office with you? No, I mean, you can email reports back and forth. There's great systems where you can share logins. And so bookkeeping is another one that 
as an executive and a leader, I don't actually want to know how to do bookkeeping. I just want to work with somebody else who knows how to do bookkeeping. They don't need to be on staff. I don't need it full time. It's very transactional. It's an easy one, especially small business startup. Absolutely start with outsourced bookkeeping support. Yeah, more than one uh, small business has got themselves in trouble because they can't do their reporting, they can't do payroll, they can't do all the junk that's got to be done. And then come, you know, tax time, it's, you know, it's an absolute mess. And uh, probably what they would pay a virtual bookkeeper for, they now are paying to their account to try to figure out their book. Yes. 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 And, you know, and a book bookkeeper and accountant is, is two different things. And so you don't need the accountant level in the month to month, day to day part of your business. That's a great opportunity to bring a bookkeeper in to handle the day to day expensing and things like that, that any business needs, regardless of what the business is. I have used a virtual bookkeeper for at least 15 years and only because she was traveling through my city did we meet one time, but otherwise yeah. it has all been, in fact, she lives in Mexico now. <laughs> Fabulous, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's another easy one. And then there are a lot of marketing component jobs, which, you know, speaks to, to you, your audience and, right. and what you guys do. I mean, we, we outsourced almost every marketing role until we felt the need to bring it on full time over the course of the last 10 years. And so, and we still work with outsourced social media management and execution. So and that one's a no brainer as well. Typically your small businesses, you don't need full-time 40-hour week staff member may be managing your social media angles or your LinkedIn. It's it's probably when you're small, a few good hours a week, great strategy and some good execution. That's something that can be very part-time and fractional and outsourced to somebody outside of the organization until you hit critical mass and you feel like maybe it's time to bring that role inside. And now let's hear from our sponsor, you know, as a business owner, you eventually realize you can't do everything yourself, but hiring is complicated. And what if you only need part-time help? Your job is to be the visionary, but instead you spend countless hours on tasks that could be done easily and arguably better by someone else. And that's where the powerful multiplying effects of delegation are mission critical. Our friends at Belay can help. Belay is an incredible organization revolutionizing productivity with their virtual assistants, bookkeepers, website specialists, and social media managers for growing organizations. To help you get started, Belay is offering their latest ebook, Delegate to Elevate, for free to all of my listeners. Now, in this ebook, you'll learn how to reclaim time to focus on what you can do by delegating. To download your free copy, just text TAPE to 55123, that's T-A-P-E, to 55123. Accomplish more and juggle less with Belay. So let's talk a little bit deeper about the social media role because I see a lot of business owners that they don't like social media. They, they maybe come to it begrudgingly because they think, oh, everybody's doing it, so we better do it. So they kind of abdicate it. They go find somebody to post for, but how do you balance that? You mentioned the word strategy. I mean, where you're actually doing something that's effective, you know, that's, that's actually helping you advance towards your business goals without being involved in it. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a lot of vision casting and a lot of inspecting what you're expecting. So, you know, that's, your social media is a great way to look at all of that is, you know, there's, you really need to immerse that person into who are we trying to be to the public? Who do we say we are? What is the service we offer? 
Where is our ideal client? Who is our ideal client? Where does our ideal client hang out? You know, understanding some of those core principles. And it's a lot of testing and tuning, which I think a lot of people misunderstand when they get into social media as well. There's a lot of tune and tone and voice and, and you know, the algorithms are changing all the time. So things that worked for you today, they might not work in three to six months from now. So having somebody constantly having eyeballs on your social media presence, we find very important. Now, where that presence is, I think is unique to your organization and what your offering is. You know, some organizations will thrive and Facebook is their community and they should just spend a lot of time and energy really honing what Facebook does for them. Others, it might be more Instagram. Some, it's LinkedIn. So I think, you know, understanding where your your audience is and what platforms they're on is key. And then, you know, cast great vision and inspect, you know, let that social media manager create their vision and strategy. And then you add, edit, and approve that strategy to go to execution. So it might be something you're doing an hour a month versus, you know, an hour a day. Or, or just not getting to it. <laughs> yeah. Or not doing it at all. Or not doing yeah, it at all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you started to describe an area I was going to go into too, because I see a lot of people go, oh, virtual assistant. You know, I could just pay somebody 10 hours a week to take all this off my plate. And then they get that person and they haven't really thought through. They don't know how to delegate. <laughs> they they really don't know how to use that resource. I mean, what are some of the mistakes you see? I guess that's two part question. What are some of the mistakes you see when people do hire virtual uh, workers and then what are some of the best practices so that you actually get some efficiencies instead of, because because in yeah. some cases, it's two steps backwards first, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> to, absolutely to two steps backwards. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, a big mistake we see is that people wait too long, right? So they wait until they are literally so up against a wall and everything is so out of order <laughs> that for anybody to come in, it's going to take a minute for there to, there to be this feeling of relief and order because you've waited too long. So I always say, yeah. you know, like most hires, but especially a virtual assistant, assistant, you know, hire them sooner than you think you need them. It's like anything else. Proactive hiring is the best hiring we do. <laughs> so regardless of the role, but the same for this role, you know, if you can forecast your business, you should be able to forecast your time. And if you can do that, then you know exactly when you need somebody. So bring them on sooner that you think. That's the first thing. And then as far as where to deploy them, because there's probably, we, we see a variety, I mean, a, a mass variety of opportunities on where a virtual assistant can help any organization or a leader, but it's going to be, what is that right thing for you? I mean, we typically organically go for, you know, the customary, if you will, calendar management and meeting planning. I mean, believe it or not, you spend more time emailing back and forth about when you're going to meet somebody and then sending out a meeting request and then change the meeting request and then put the links in the meeting request and then following up to confirm the meeting. Like, it sounds like no big deal. You do it. You remove that for the 10 meetings a week you have or whatever that looks like. And you've already saved time. Then you add in things like email management, travel bookings, you know, hotels and flights. If you travel at your work, you add in meeting notes. For me, meeting notes has been a game changer inside our organization. We have a virtual assistant sit in on every single meeting we have 
just to take notes and pull action items and then follow up with those action items to ensure they've actually gotten done. Because then guess what? I don't have to. I don't have to follow up on the action item that's supposed to get done as the leader. My virtual assistant is taking notes, sharing them, and then following up with those action items. So it's even an extra layer of accountability, if you will, in that case. Yeah, and I think once people start letting go of those kinds of things, because I do think with, especially with leaders, a lot of times that, you know, my email, my calendar, my travel, I mean, these are very personal to me, maybe, but I think that, and so I think sometimes leaders have trouble giving those things up thinking, oh, well, nobody can do it like me. But I think you're absolutely right. Once you experience that there might actually be somebody that could do it better than you, uh, it really gets a lot easier, doesn't it? Absolutely. And and that is truly the moment, the wake up moment, if you will, where you really do have to get to the place where you realize that somebody else can do this maybe better than me or equal to me. And even equal is a win because those hours you saved on that, you are now dedicated to higher payoff items inside your business. You're now, that's 10 hours a week. You now get to focus on growing your business, vision, strategy, sales, you know, areas of the business that are growth associated if you're an entrepreneur versus areas of your business that are highly administrative. You probably can do those things, but the question is really, should you do those things? Absolutely. Absolutely. So. The question I get a lot of times is, you know, how do I find the right person? And so if I'm, let's just say we're on the executive assistant um, role right now, how does, you know, how, how do you tell people to not just find, I mean, there are tons of places you can find people. How do you find the right person? And how do you know it's the right person? And how do you, you know, how do you dig deep enough to realize that person's going to work for you? Yeah. I mean, we have found success by using a, a multiple, a multi-layer interview process, if you will. I mean, a, a resume is a great start and knowing things to look for and what looks like a great resume is important. But when you're past that point and you've decided there's a handful of people you actually want to meet with, you know, we would recommend that multiple different people interview, not even just you. So do you have a cohort or a partner inside your business or is it your wife? I mean, whoever it may be, right? Somebody else having a second opinion going into an interview is important. And then interviews are, you know, and should be looked at as skills assessments. You know, even in an interview, were they on time? Was their camera working? Were you interviewing on a webcam? Did, how were they, how did they show up? There's different things you're looking, aside from the information you're getting out of the questions back and forth, it's like, really looking at the whole scenario, everything that led up to that interview and everything after that. Did they send, send a thank you note? How was the grammar in that note? So looking at all those things and then having multiple people do that. And then what I would say is regardless of the role, there should be some type of skills assessment opportunity. So is there something they can do, whether it's a questionnaire that you send them, we, we will do that. We have 10 questions. Is there some type of sample work product you want them to mock up for you, do a skills assessment. Like for a virtual assistant, if they're going to do heavy calendar management, then give them a faux meeting to plan for you or whatever that may look like, or I plan a trip for you and, and send you a trip itinerary. So assessing a skill is a great opportunity because an interview is words and skills assessment is action. So, so 
one of the things that I have found in over the years of working with dozens and dozens of, of virtual assistants or remote uh, workers is some of the best I've worked with actually come with their own processes <laughs> and own systems that that allow us to go, oh, that's better than what we're doing. Yes. Do you feel like that's a part of the you to be looking for is somebody that that actually has routines and processes and not is and is not just looking for you to tell them what to do? Yeah. I mean to me that's it is a big relief for a leader if your virtual assistant is extremely proactive and organized. And so I always tell my assistant that my goal for her is for her to be ahead of me. And so that, and that usually means 60 to 90 days ahead of me. And so that means that, for example, today I'm emailing my assistant about meetings I'm having in August and she's planning August meetings already. She's sending me sample menus. She's sending me meeting locations. She sent me flight options, you know, already. I haven't even thought about August yet, but she's a very planned, very methodical, and extremely proactive. So that is what makes it, you know, really helpful. It gives me peace of mind that I know for the next season of time, there's nothing that's going to come by and blindside me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if, if somebody's thinking about so listening to this or they're thinking, well, gosh, this sounds like something I need to be doing. What's the process of working with Malay? Yeah, so it's a fun process because John, we have a core value at Belay, and one of them is fun. The first thing you get, first thing I would say is you go to our website, which is belaysolutions.com. We have a get started form that you would fill out that will get you in touch with one of our solutions consultants. And you'd have a conversation with one of our solutions consultants who's really just going to help you determine, do you need a virtual assistant? What are you looking for? What kind of virtual assistant? How many hours possibly? What are you trying to get off your plate? Once that's figured out and you decide to join our team, you are then handed over to a client success consultant, which is your person for your duration at Belay. They will take you through a discovery process and hone in on exactly the type of skill set and soft skills you're looking for in this person to match you with, whether it's industry knowledge or application knowledge or specific time zone or products like you need somebody to use a mac versus a pc they gather all that information and then our placement team actually have a team of people whose job it is to find that right person for you do their search we come back and present you found your match then we have a kickoff call which is all on um zoom so your client success consultant to your new virtual assistant and you, we have about a kickoff call. It's about an hour or so long where we get, you know, we get everything started. The transfer of information, we send training documents so you can help onboard this person. And then your client success consultant will check in with you and your new VA weekly and then bi-weekly and then monthly as your engagement continues to make sure that everybody's getting the best value and use out of the relationship. Awesome. Well, you know, you know, I'm a fan. I mean, I've been doing you know this type of work, and then hired. You know, we have a, any number of specific team members now that do specific things that are so. I, I really think it is a tremendous way for pretty much any size organization to go. I appreciate you uh, stopping by, taking time to stop by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, and it's BelaySolutions.com. Hopefully, we'll run into you one of these days out there on the road. I hope so. Thanks, John. 
Hey, and one final thing before you go, you know how I talk about marketing strategy, strategy before tactics. Well, sometimes it can be hard to understand where you stand in that, what needs to be done with regard to creating a marketing strategy. So we created a free tool for you. It's called the Marketing Strategy Assessment. You can find it at marketingassessment.co, not .com, .co. Check out our free marketing assessment and learn where you are with your strategy today. That's just marketingassessment.co. I'd love to chat with you about the results that you get.